Hello, and welcome to another episode of Adventures in .NET. I'm Sean Clayby, your host, and with me today is your other co-host, Caleb Wells. Hey, y'all. Hey, y'all. How's it going? Hey, Juan. Hey, 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 y'all. How's it going? We're hanging in there. One day at a time. (laughs) Seems like I haven't been out of the house in a year. Oh, wait. Yeah, I really haven't been out of the house much more than a year. Yeah, but hey, you know it is it is Friday for us, so and the weekend yeah. for why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Right? Saturday so. morning, it's rainy, rainy morning. Mm. Yeah. But, okay, yeah. so guys, um, <laughs> what should we talk about today? I was thinking about maybe we should talk about certifications. Yeah. Are you sure that's what we want to talk about? Because <laughs> I'm not sure if why recently got a couple. Congratulations, by the way, why for your two Azure yeah. certs? Right, it's two now, or do you have three? Yeah, this is my, my, my second one now. So I just nice. recently got the the Azure developer one. I think the AZ204. So, cool. And I previously got the, the fundamentals one. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Yeah, it's, I think it's a good thing to talk about, I think. Cause yeah. It's, it's one of those things where, I don't know if it's... Well, actually, I wouldn't mind um, thinking about asking to you guys. Do you, do you guys think certs or industry certs in general are worth it? It depends. Exactly. It depends <laughs> on the individual. Yeah. You know, it's been 15 years since I've got many certifications. You know, right. back when I did certifications, you know, I was somewhat new. I back then it was like NT4 server, TCP/IP mm-hmm. networking, things like that. It's certifications that I got. Mm-hmm. That's the last that I did. So it's good that somebody's gone through something recently and can kind of tell us what it's like nowadays. Yeah, you know, I think I think with some like you know government or clearance-based jobs, you probably it would be helpful to have certifications. I do feel like years of experience probably weighs more in the eyes of most private companies. But like you, well, I've actually, I've looked into doing the AZ-900, which is the fundamentals, and I actually watched, Microsoft did like a two-day course, you know, three hours a day. And they said, if you, if you sat through the course, you could take AZ-900 for free. Right, which is a benefit because you know these certifications, right? They're they're not normally free. Um, they're pretty expensive, in fact. They're about yeah. one hundred and sixty-five dollars, and that's the US dollars. So, which right, is what you guys use, but like for us, it's like thirty cents. It's even more. It's fifty, yeah. So, yeah, and you know, it was it was interesting to 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 watch. I haven't sat down to take the 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 certification yet, the exam yet, but um, I. I think it may honestly really depend on, again, what kind of job you're pursuing and maybe uh, what kind of developer you are, mm. you know, so. I remember working my tail off to become a senior developer. I read every book I could get my hands on. I went to any conference I could and watched the videos about the things that I thought I needed to learn. And eventually I got that senior developer job. And then I realized that the rest of my career looked just like where I was now. I mean, where was the rush I got from learning? What was I supposed to do to keep growing? And then I found it. I got the chance to mentor some developers. I started a podcast and helped many more developers. I did screencasts and helped even more developers. I kind of became a dev hero. And now I want to help you become one too. And if you're looking forward to something more than doing the same thing at a different job three years from now, then join the Dev Heroes Accelerator. I'll walk you through the process of building and growing a following and finding people that you can uniquely help as you build the next stage of your career. 
You can learn more at devheroesaccelerator.com. What I found is that certifications, you know, even if you pass them and you do well on them, it doesn't mean you can really sit down and apply that to everyday real world type situations. You know, it, it tells you that you're a good learner. You figured out how to take the test. You understand the basic concepts and things like that. But I think applying it really takes, you know, experience doing real projects. Mm. You know, there's, well, I was going to say, right, there's a lot of unknown unknowns in development, Mm. especially with Azure these days, because there's things change and they're adding new stuff. There's, and there's so much functionality within Azure that it Mm. can take a while to figure out, even if you have got the certifications, right? What do you think? Yeah. Well, I think there's probably basically two two reasons. I think you guys have touched on it. There's basically two reasons why you'd want to do a certification. Uh, and it depends on whether it's worth it or not. I guess the first one, as you mentioned, is the I guess the the skilling up. Just just wanting to do it because you want to learn learn more. And that's kind of why why I did did mine. And then I guess the other the other option is, you know, if you're doing it for, you know, inc- increasing your employment potential or, you know, trying to find a new job or something like that. And I think this I think for the first one, it's it, it is debatable. Now that I've gone through the process of doing the developer one, it's yes and no. I guess I think doing the cert it does open you up to like a whole bunch of technology you wouldn't normally touch. Like like I've been working on Azure for for a number of years now. You know, back when it was pretty pretty immature, and even when I was went through the exam, like a lot of the stuff I studied, I I'd, I'd never used professionally. Like, you know, I had never used Cosmos DB. I'd never used you know service buses and API management gateways and things like that. So it was in a way it was kind of good to know that they're there, but but I guess at, at the same time, you know, like you said, Caleb, things move pretty quickly in in Azure, and it actually might not be the best strategy to learn anything like too deeply unless you actually need it. You know, like I think just in time learning is actually like much more efficient because things are changing so much, and you know, we're developers. De- de- developers hardly remember anything by heart. You know, we're professional Googlers, right? Like, right. So, right. Like learning all this stuff, it might not, if I don't use it soon, it may, it may not be applicable to me, you know? So, well, you know, yeah. it's, it's interesting. And, and we talked about this recently between us that I've kind of been going trial by fire into Azure security to, to lock down storage accounts and Cosmos DB and setting up virtual networks. Right. And it's one of those things where I've just kind of figured it out as I go. I do think having, gotten the certification that you have uh, probably wouldn't take me as long and I, I, I'd have a better idea of where to go find the resources I need. Mm. Um, but in the end, you know, I have gotten a number of things working and, and you know, I'm working on the others. But I, but one thing that I found with, with Azure, right, is while you can do it one way over here, like with a storage account, you go over to Cosmos and there's a whole different way of doing it. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, there's so, always more than one solution for Azure. Yeah, so. yeah. So, right, Sean mentioned, right, he he had some certs and TCP IP and, you know, some old school stuff. What what do you see as valuable certs to get today? I mean, I, I think Azure is one of them, or at least having those on your resume. But are there ones that you see where you it would help you grow as a developer, strengthen your skill set? Are you asking me or either one of you? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think the Azure one is 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 it, it, 
once again, it depends on what you are actually working on, I guess. But and I think the Azure one is pretty important if you're actually working with Azure. And if you're, it's a town that you live in uses Azure. But I think anything to do with cloud is pretty important because of um, how fast it's growing. I did actually have a look. There is actually still like a C sharp one. Um, I think it's called like Software Fundamentals or something. But yeah, I'm not. Sure. I'm not sure if that if you were starting out learning C sharp, whether that would be the the best thing to do. To be honest, um, what do you reckon? Would you would you recommend a new person to start doing a C sharp accreditation or, or something something more technology orientated? Mm, that's a good question. My idea is well, and this this goes counter to our discussion of getting certificates. But my idea is that on-the-job training and trial and error and actually building out your own projects. Mm. Um, you're probably going to to learn more in the long run yeah. um, than if you spent time practicing to pass the C-sharp exam. What do you think, yeah. Sean? Well, I think the people that benefit the most from certification is are those that, that haven't gotten a job yet. They're brand new developers. They're looking for their first job. I think certifications can really separate them out of the stack of other resumes of other developers that haven't had jobs before. Now, if, if I got a stack of people that are in, in my candidate pool for a job, if I've got two that are brand new, just out of college or school somewhere, one doesn't have certifications, one does, I'm going to lean towards the person who has certifications. Would you, would you rate the certification more than a degree? Yes. I think it will certifications with some experience, even if mm. it's only a year. And this is a whole another topic, right? But I think the usefulness of a college degree, especially computer science, is limited. You're going to learn a lot, and I think you'll grow over those four years, and you'll get a lot of the basic ideas under your belt. But by the time you've graduated college, I would not be surprised if the stuff that you learned is obsolete, even mm. if it wasn't obsolete before you started. Right. As, as like far as programming is concerned, yes, programming, I, I yes. found a lot of benefits from my non-programming classes. Yeah, like I still I apply a lot of the business classes that I've learned. Hmm. I find that really benefits me because I can understand my customers better and gotcha. my supervisors better because they're at they're looking at it from the business point of view rather than just a strongly technical point of view. And so some of the other classes, you know, even some of the other sciences or things like that. I think yeah. those were a good benefit to me. Now there's a whole slew of things that were of no benefit at all. And <laughs> I really would like to see them come up with three-year degrees but and cut out a lot of the filler electives. Wait, and that uh, most degrees three years? Is that most are four. Four really? or five okay. years. Yeah. Australia, they are three-year degrees. So. <laughs> okay. We have two-year well, degrees and we have yeah. four-year degrees. Oh, yeah. So, okay. yeah, two years, the associate's. And then four years as bachelor's, which honestly can turn into five years, depending on your degree. Or six. And then to get your, your master's, your doctorate, doctorate can be another two to four years minimum. So mm. at least in the I, US. I think um, it's interesting you bring up about the, yeah, whether it's a good on the job. Like I guess for me in my job, I, I've done some hiring as well. And mm -hmm. I think I personally, I probably, like I, I probably wouldn't hire someone just because they've got a, degree, um, a cert or or a university degree, unless it's literally just a, an, an entry position, mm. but I wouldn't I wouldn't hold it against them. But I think one thing good about having a cert though is that it does demonstrate that you kind of you kind of have a bit of initiative, uh, which is actually really important. Um, in I think 
is an important characteristic when you're hiring someone, you know, like that. that I know the cert itself probably isn't going to demonstrate the fact that, you know, you're an expert in the geo or whatever, but the fact that is that you've actually gone ahead and, and actually did something outside of work to actually pursue your, um, your career and increase your knowledge, that kind of, that kind of helps in, in that regard, I think. Yeah, 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 I can yeah, see I, that. I agree with that, yeah. You know, you guys also got me thinking that maybe cert, 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 certifications are, are valuable on the opposite end of the spectrum. Like if you're a solutions art, architect mm. or you're a cloud architect, right? Or you're someone who is determining the direction of a project and the architecture and the patterns that having those certifications can can become valuable because you mm. do have a a broader base to work from and you are familiar with the infrastructure at a more significant level than you would be if you were a, a regular developer. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I will say that, say that in particular to the Azure certs, it's almost impossible to actually get them without actually like studying for them um, and actually mm-hmm. going in environment and having some sort of experience. Like it's not yeah. like a university course where, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll give you a textbook and you read the entire textbook, memorize it, and then you'll be able to pass the exam. There's actually a whole bunch of questions where it's actually really, I mean, it, it, some of them are a little unfair, to be honest. Like, um, gotcha. I, it'd be very hard to get a, a 100% um, score. I, I mean, I, so, I just passed. I always found a lot of the questions to be very ambiguous and multiple yeah. of the answers could have could fit depending on how you interpret the question. That, that's right. But only yeah. one is right, the right answer. So it's like, yeah. ah. You got to think like the, the, the examiner, basically. Right. So, so yeah. why did, did it cost you money to test this stuff in Azure? I'm assuming you're using like a pay-as-you-go account or a, a Visual Studio developer account. Yeah. Yeah, um, so it, it did cost me a little bit of money. But if you've, I mean, the, thing, the good thing about the cloud though is that you can spin up things and destroy things really right. easily, right? You can do it through yeah. script, in fact. So if you just remember to shut everything down um, <laughs> it, like before you, you finish up, then it, right. it, it will cost you like maybe, I don't know, $10 a month or something like that yeah. for, for the yeah. few months that you do it. But yeah, that, that's, yeah. That's, that's actually really, really important to, to, to do that, I guess. Um, it also shows that you're, you're not just rote learning, I guess. It's, um, a lot right. of um, Azure is just, like I said, there's always more than one solution. And you know, mm-hmm. if, you, if you spin things up, you'll be able to see what, what's happening and you'll be able to tinker all the settings and things like that. So, so don't create a VM and a SQL database and an app service and forget about them because <laughs> you'll come <laughs> back much. with a five hundred dollar yeah. bill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially yeah. some of the VMs which are like you know five hundred dollars yeah. a month or something like. Right. Also, right. if you uh, if you tend to go to a Microsoft conference, quite often they'll have a free certification exam mm. giveaway mm. for attending a conference. So oh, yeah. yeah. Pay a couple thousand dollars and you get free exam. Well, I've actually to never to had a conference to pay for and then you. I've actually never had to pay for any of my exams so far. Mm. So, so I've done like I've done two. The fundamentals yeah. one work just paid for it. That, that was good. Right. And then the latest developer one that I did, I've, there was this like Microsoft Insight uh, Ignite challenge. Right. Um, and they gave you a free free cert, uh, free yep. free free crack of the exam. Yep. So I, I Usually, build one. Microsoft Build and Microsoft Ignite are where they give away the free exams. Okay. Yeah. 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 So just watch out for them, I guess. So why I but, think you. I think yep. you also, you said that Microsoft has recently changed how they're handling their certs in the last couple of years, their, their policies for, for, for taking them and for um, renewing your certificate. Mm. 
Yeah, so it's actually it's actually it's a, there is a policy change, um, and it actually makes things better. So okay. previously, when you took an exam, that it was only good for for two years, um, uh-huh. and then you had to retake the exam again, uh, which is something I'm never going to do because I'm like so I'm only doing this for just to learn stuff, you know. Like um, right. I don't I don't particularly think it'll help my employment potential at all. But but I think coming in July or sometime this year. What what will happen is that the exam is only good for one year, but instead of having to renew um, your certification after you've passed, they'll have some sort of like a Microsoft Learn exercise that you have to do, and you've got like six months to do it. And as long as you do it within that six months or before your certification expires, you'll be able to keep that accreditation. And okay, I think it's good because I guess it reflects how many certs there are. Like there are there are I don't, I don't know if you guys have looked at the site, but there are literally like. I'm not sure there's hundreds and hundreds, but there's dozens and dozens of different Azure certs. Azure is massive. You know, not one person right. knows everything out of Azure. Like we go from the, I guess the the bare metal stuff, the developer stuff and the you know, the administration and solution architects stuff. But then there's also every single um SaaS service they've got. You know, you can do an you can do a accreditation on exchange online or Microsoft Teams or you know, Power BI or, or whatever kind of thing. So um it's it's a reflection that, you know, you, if if I had to if if you had to get um, an accreditation every two years for each of these exams, you know, you just be spending your whole time doing accreditation. So it's a reflection of how fast the the platform is actually moving. So so it's good. It means that now that I've done the exam, I guess in a couple of, you know couple of years, I'll probably get an email saying, "Hey, you got to do this exercise," and I can just keep doing that to to renew it. Yeah, Azure, it definitely free. is really really big because I worked with an Azure MVP. And even he doesn't know everything that's in there, so it's oh, just huge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's yeah. I, it, it would be hard to find anyone who would be an expert in everything in Azure, right? Right. I mean, like, well, just just look at the resource list and look at all resources, and it's like, whoa, right? There's like 300 different resource types, and that's not even going into more specifics, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then or each one of them has their third party stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. And not only that, those three hundred resources are constantly changing as well, you know, and they constantly add new ones and, you know, yeah. maybe getting rid of some other ones as well. So, oh yeah, every time I, I get into to Azure lately, and I go to to manage some of our security groups or go to handle a storage account, mm-hmm. I've got those blue bars on the top saying so and so is going away, and this, you know, you need to swap or uh, check out our new preview of this service. Right, <laughs> I see mm-hmm. them all over the place. Because, uh, like you said, it's constantly changing. It's actually a, a kind of a, in a way, because of this whole new world, it actually makes things slightly harder for the infrastructure people as well. Because I remember working on a project and we we're thinking about writing these things called, I don't know if you know about, they're called SOPs, Standard Operating Procedures, I guess. That's, that's mm-hmm. what they yeah. stand for. Yeah. So what they'd usually do in, in these teams, is they, they would just screenshot everything, right? But these screenshots aren't going to be good in the year's time, right? So. Right. It's it's kind of a it's kind of interesting how you would actually manage the the knowledge transfer um or or to retain the, the corporate knowledge when things are changing so quickly, you know. And I've I found that's the issue with standard operating procedures these days. I've had to write some previously and they end up becoming very um generic or very broad mm. because you can't yeah. get too detailed. And then for the detailed stuff, you have your wiki or you're using confluence or something. And you can get very detailed there, but then you you have to refresh it on mm. a regular basis, right? To make sure that it's still still viable. Yeah. So yeah. how did you approach 
preparing for the exam because since you're the you're the only one who has recent <laughs> recent experience how did you do it okay so i guess i can offer a number of tips i guess of how i did it i probably did it much much more the the more inefficient way because like i said i was just doing it for just to, to get knowledge um, but i think the first thing you need to do for any exam is look look at the curriculum of, of the exam so every every microsoft azure exam it will have it'll have a curriculum on the website and it'll it'll have something like this it'll have like uh, for the developer one it might be like the first section is on storage and 30% of it will be on storage. And the, the, that, that means that, and they'll have, they'll list all the different technologies. So maybe it'll be Azure storage, Cosmos DB, SQL database or something. Um, and you'll know that those three are for storage. And then there'll be another section, maybe compute, and it might have VMs, app services, app functions or, or whatever. But yeah, looking at that curriculum will basically give you essentially the scope of the, of the, of the exam and what technologies you'll be, focusing on, on a broad basis. And that's really important because, like I said, there's so many things in Azure. You need to know what, what to actually study for. Um, and then I guess after that, there was, I mean, I'm not sure what the correct way to or correct order to do things are, but so I might, I might just list them, um, things you can you can do. You can actually purchase a course either online or or in person. I actually did both, to be honest. Um, I, I did a, a Udemy course from a guy called uh, Scott Duffy. He's actually quite well-known. Um, and and I also did a like a it's not it's not an in person one because of COVID it was actually a, an online instructor led course but that was that was because work paid for it I probably wouldn't go out of my way to, to to pay for that it was like a five day course it probably cost them thousands of dollars and they were just essentially offering them for free and I was because I was studying for this particular course I was like okay cool I'll I'll jump on that but I think those courses are probably not gonna give you like enough to actually pass the exam like the like i said the questions in the exam are very very particular um you're not going to find a course that's going to be specific enough to to teach you every single thing about what will actually be in the exam so i think the best thing you, you should do to pass the exam is probably by uh practice exams because you have to understand the, the i guess the question style i think sean you, you were talking about kind of how how the way they ask questions, it's kind of really unique. And it's really important to almost learn how they do it. Like I, I use a company called WizLabs, which is really good for to because they they structure their practice exams, the the, the questions in in a, in a way that's pretty similar to the exam. But it's almost like they almost need a, a course not on Azure development, but how to answer like these questions. It's it's really it's really weird. And um I guess when you go through the practice exams, it's actually really important to like not just know what the answer is, but actually understand the answer. So a lot of times I'd right or wrong, I'd, I'd, I'd do the practice exam and then I would just go and Google whether um, I'd, I'd go to the source and I'd, I'd and look up the Microsoft docs to, to basically, and maybe even spin up the resources and test it to, to make sure like I understood the, the premise of the question and things like that. And that's where I think using the, the Microsoft documentation, the Microsoft Learn and the Microsoft Docs um, are, is really good. And I, actually, I might actually put in the show notes, um, there's a study guide by a guy called uh, Thomas Muller. I'm not, not sure if I'm pronouncing his last name, but essentially for the 204 exam, for the developer one, this guy has just gone in and he's just listed all of the Microsoft Learn resources that are relevant for that that curriculum. And I just went ahead and did all of them, all of the labs and, and things like that. And, and I think that really helped, so... Oh, and I just mentioned getting that pay-as-you-go Azure subscription is is vital, I think, because yeah, 
you really you really do need to play around with some of the resources on the portal for these things. And you also need to get good at PowerShell and, and Azure CLI. Um, <laughs> Have you ever wondered if you could be offering a faster, less buggy experience for your customers? I mean, let's face it. The only way you're going to know that is by actually running it on production. So go figure it out, right? You run it on production, but you need something plugged in so that you can find out where those issues are, where it's slowing down, where it's having bugs. You just, you need something like that there. And Raygun is awesome at this. They they just added the performance monitoring, which is really slick and it works like a breeze. I, I just, I love it. I love it. It's like, it's like you get the ray gun and you zap the bugs. It's anyway, definitely go check it out. It's going to save you a ton of time, a ton of money, a ton of sanity. I mean, let, let's face it. Grepping through logs is no fun. And having people not able to tell you that it's too slow because they got sidetracked into Twitter is also not fun. So go check out Raygun. They are definitely going to help you out. There are thousands of customer-centric, customer-focused software companies who use Raygun every day to deliver great experiences for their customers. And if you go to Raygun and use our link, you can get a 14-day free trial. So you can go check that out at adventuresin.net.com slash Raygun. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, even 15 years ago, the, the practice exams were just key to me because, yeah, those the questions they, they ask are just really specific and quite often the answers, like I say, could be ambiguous and it could apply to, to more than one. Mm. And if you go through the practice ones, you kind of key in on that and figure out which one is more likely the right answer than the other one. But that's also kind of the, the biggest downside, I think, to certifications is at the end, it's just, can you answer a multiple it's, choice yeah. exam? And, yeah. you know, if they could come up with some way that you actually apply it, you have to build something and then somebody actually looks at it and evaluates it. I think certifications would be a lot, lot better, a lot more worthwhile, I think. I, actually I think, think so. Though. Um, well, I was going to say, I think that's where maybe Microsoft learned is is even better than the certifications, right? You ended mm-hmm. up doing learn because you wanted to make sure you were prepared for the cert. Um, and learn is I forget what their last iteration was of their their training tools, but I've done a few learns myself, and I actually um, feel like they're they're pretty well put together. And um, I think with a number of them, when you do them right, uh, and you need to do something in Azure, it'll actually spin up. Uh, a temp account. It'll give you a subscription, subscription. in there, like a free hour subscription. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. So, you know, right. In order to get the certification, you went through learn. You probably learned more there than you did in in studying or, or taking the cert. You, you yeah. think that makes sense? It it makes complete sense to me. Like, um, I was also going to mention that I actually did actually employ the use of flashcards. Oh, which okay. yeah. unfortunately because the exam has a degree of rote learning, you know, like which isn't right. ideal, you know. But I think most most industry certs have that. But yeah, I, I wish it wasn't like that at all. I mean, like like for example, like that I remember there was I mean, I can't completely remember, but there was one question it was like this particular feature, what is like the cheapest compute here um to, to get this feature? And it, you know, like why would you need to know that? Like, um, why, why, I mean, ask me about the feature and what it does when you would use it or whatever. But what, I mean, the cheapest computer, I mean, that literally is a presented to me on the screen when I, when 
and I spin up the resource, you know, and also that that changes. Like, why do I need to to, to memorize this, you know? So, yeah, th- there are things about these um, these exams that do make it a little less useful. But I think the the other thing though, with these Azure exams, they might be kind of moving away from that as well because I think in the, in the past, um, a lot of these industry exams were kind of they're kind of like a money spinner. They were kind of like a ways for like Microsoft or you know, Oracle or whoever to actually make a little bit of extra income out of the people that was using it. But nowadays with Azure, um, and I think this is why they're kind of starting to give away a lot of these exams for free and have all these extra you know, promotion things is because they just want people on Azure because they're, they're, Microsoft makes most of the money from getting people onto Azure and promoting Azure and you know making... You know, if, if I work for a particular company, I'm pushing pushing them along the Azure path. So, yeah, yeah, I have no doubt they're making a whole lot more money on Azure than they are on the exam fees. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, although the exam fee yeah. is pretty steep, like um, it's like it's probably okay for us that we live in a developed country, you know. So, right. I mean, it's still pretty expensive for us. But I can't imagine if you were like like a developer in India or something like that, starting mm. off, how much that would cost, you know, to and you know, if you fail, you don't. You don't. That's you it. You right? get the money you lose back. Your money. Yeah, it's gone. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It actually reminds me of uh, CLEP tests, and um, they're they're similar. At least in the U.S., they're similar to assert. You basically take a test to prove you know enough about a subject to get college credit for it, without actually having to go um, take the course or spend a semester in in a course. But of course, the, the CLEP tests cost money themselves. And if you <laughs> fail, you don't get the money back and you don't get the college credit, right? So, mm, yeah. yeah. I think we called it challenge. You know, challenge a course and they let you oh, okay. do some sort of test or whatever. And then they I actually, um, I ended up doing it when I was in the Air Force back in the 90s. And uh, turns out when I was in the military, they let um, uh, people in the military take the CLEPs for free. So I ended up actually clepping the majority of my associate's degree. Um, nice. So yeah, degree, yeah. <laughs> it worked out. <laughs> that, yeah. that one worked out. But um, yeah, yeah. Challenge in the course, it, it sounds right. And I remember I, there's a number of CLEPs I did not, I didn't pass. You know, like I think psychology was one and, and there was a, a history one. And, you know, it's like some of this stuff you just, you kind of have to take the course to actually know enough mm. uh, to, to, you know, pass the, the exam, right? So I think foreign language is probably a course that gets challenged a lot because people uh, that, you know, that are bilingual or whatever, yeah. they say, I've yeah. been speaking this language for 20 years or 18 years, you know, right home because one of my parents speak it. I'm just going to challenge it and not have to take foreign language. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I could have done that. <laughs> <laughs> so what else? What else do we so, need so, to know about exams and certifications? I'm, I'm, I'm also just going to talk about the actual exam environment itself, actually, because um, I think that's actually pretty important and pretty unique. So I think obviously for during this COVID stage, it'll it'll be online right now. I don't. I think before COVID, they actually had test centers that you can go to. But um, yeah, you have to do it at home, and you actually you have to find a, a space for it. Um, and they're very serious about how where you take the exam. It's weird. Like two times I've done it. The first, like the th- the second time, I just had to take photographs of, of where I was taking the exam. 
the first time I had to like walk around with my laptop camera on around the room, like, you know, even under the tables and all that stuff, just to make sure that I wasn't putting in like cheat notes under the table and stuff like that. Oh, that's <laughs> um, hilarious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was it's pretty crazy because you can't have any books or writing material anywhere within sight. You can't have your phone within sight. Um, they're very serious about it. Make sure you won't get disturbed because if you get disturbed, you'll fail basically. Hmm. And they film you the whole time. It's it's a bit creepy to be honest. And they, you know they film you because a few times they've actually messaged me because you know, it's like a three-hour exam, right? So they've actually messaged me saying, hey, look, can you like stop covering your mouth? Because I guess they're scared <laughs> that I'm going to like cover my mouth and go, hey, um, what's like, question for it's pretty crazy like i do wonder about the guy who's worked on the other side like like is the guy just staring at me for three hours making sure i do I, not want that person's job yeah can they so they they get access to your camera and yeah. then can they also see your desktop at the same time i'm not sure about the desktop uh, i i know that they probably because i know the software is they make you install the software on your computer, which is really bad, to be honest. It takes over your like entire computer, which I guess I can understand. You know, if they don't want you to cheat because you, you can't then just alt tab and do whatever. But you won't be able to alt tab. Um, but when I did my my first exam, my fundamentals exam, it actually crashed like halfway through, because and I don't know why, but I'm pretty sure it's because my my Dropbox started syncing, so that's kicked off like a new process or something. But it actually kicked me out of the exam. But it also kicked me out of the session. So I couldn't actually like contact my handler and go, hey, look, I've been kicked out of my exam. I had no one to talk to, essentially. It just assumed I was done with the exam, you know? So that was a pretty bad user experience because I was yeah. basically at the end of the exam, I and, and and that was it. It just assumed I was done with it. But yeah, I, I guess I, I, I panicked and I guess I eventually found an email to contact and submit a support ticket. But but yeah, luckily, I, by that time, I had already answered just enough questions to actually pass. Because um, the fundamentals is actually not that hard to, to, to pass. I think if you if you just read up all the Microsoft Learn stuff, it's, it's more of a marketing exam than it is a, like anything to do with in-depth knowledge. It's more targeted towards managers and things like that. So, But yeah, it was pretty lucky. But yeah, um, kicking, They both it, took kicking, about three hours? They give you three hours. But I think for the fundamentals, it plays for maybe 90 minutes or an hour. The, the developer one was was actually really hard. Um, despite the fact that it was mostly multiple choice, it still took me about two, two and a half hours to, to do, you know, like, so there are some, there are also some case studies where you've got to do a lot of reading as well. Hmm. And, oh, and one thing about this case studies is, yeah, it's, there's got this, I'm not sure if it's a limitation of the software, but with the case studies, you have to do this case studies. You can take as long as you want to, to do them within the three hours that you have, but you can't go back and re reevaluate. I, I don't know why, but, yeah, I don't. Oh, and some some other, some exams like I not the ones I did, but some exams like maybe for the administration ones and the solution architects ones that they they actually have labs as well, which I'm guessing would be similar uh, to the the Microsoft Learn things. Gotcha. Hmm. Oh, that's new. Yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah. So that that might, that might be that push towards making it more practical and and things like that. So yeah. Cool. Well, why thank you for for going through this process so that we can discuss <laughs> what it takes <laughs> to, um, to get a certificate these days. It is, it is definitely. I mean, look, I, for me, I think it was worthwhile. I, I, I think what I'll do now is I want to take a break um, from, from, from doing <laughs> right. it. Because over the Christmas break, I basically spent every day just spending a couple of hours doing it. I'll take a break and I might, but I think I might tackle the, the solution architect one. In the nice. Future. 
maybe in six months when I'm when I. Do you think out. some employers might offer like raises or that might be used in your evaluations if you get maybe, certifications? Maybe. Like, I think a lot of employers like it might. If you work, especially if you work for a consultancy that works for the government or something like that, it might actually specify in their contract, or if they're like a Microsoft partner or something, it might actually specify in the in the conditions of being a Microsoft partner that it that they require like a certain amount of employees to have this particular cert. So, it, it that it might help in in that regard. But I, I don't know. I, I don't know how I'd feel about just going to my boss and saying, "Hey, if I did the exam, can I get a ten grand raise?" You know, like. Um, <laughs> Try it. Try it. Let me know. <laughs> $10, $10 raise, maybe? $10 raise. <laughs> I, I definitely like the $10,000 better. <laughs> yeah. 10000 is better than $10. Unless it's $10 an hour. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Cool. All right, guys. Is there anything we didn't cover? Last minute questions before we go to, go to picks. How was your vacation? Why? Oh, yeah, it's good. It was good. good. Um, it was it was fun. I hadn't seen my folks about a year, like everyone. Yeah. Um, so it's just good to kind of relax. Also, I had, had not worked for about for for a long time for as well. So it's good to just sit around and just relax. I guess. So. I need to do that sometimes. Yeah, everyone needs to do that once in a while. So. <laughs> cool. Hey, folks! If you love this podcast and would like to support the show, or if you wish you could listen without the sponsorship messages, then you're in luck. We're setting up new premium podcast feeds where you can get all of the episodes released after Christmas 2020 without the ads. Signing up will help us pay for editing and production, and you can go sign up at devchat.tv slash premium. All right, so picks. What do you got, Caleb? This is an oldie but a goodie. My son and I have been playing uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild a good bit lately. He's five years old. I think we've I think we've talked on the podcast a couple of times of him and me playing games, but he's at the point now where we can sit down and find a shrine that we haven't opened up and go inside and he'll play it and figure it out on his own. I may have to, you know, give him a couple of hints here and there, but it's it's been a lot of fun, right? It's amazing the things kids pick up. And then when we're playing together, um, he'll see something that I didn't recognize. Like, he'll see something on the wall. And if you haven't played Zelda, you're not going to understand some of this. But uh, Magnesis, right? You can move stuff on the wall. There's metal objects. He'll see them. And I won't even notice them. He's like, Dad, look over there. Look at the wall. You can you can move that wall. So it's been really cool. So is he, is he coordinated enough to use the controls now? He is. He is. He is. <laughs> sometimes he, he, he really has to think about uh, orienting himself facing forward right because you have both thumbsticks mm. but but give him give him a few seconds he's like oh right i need to do this and he can reorient himself and yeah and he can play by himself which is really cool it's a great bonding activity isn't it? it is We're, we've really enjoyed it so so i just looked up and uh legend of zelda is 25 years yeah february yeah. of 86 is that the first year it was when it first came out Wow, also probably longer than that. Didn't they do one on the NES as well? Probably. You know, I I think I remember playing it like on Apple II or something like that, way back in the day. So and and I have heard rumors that they're coming out with Breath of the Wild two by the end of this year. So we'll see. Right. Cool. Might be on the new Switch if they have one. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right. It better work on the old Switch. All right, why? What do you got for a pick? So my pick this week is is actually a a subreddit. Um, I'm not. I'm sure you guys 
You guys, you read it? Oh. Read it. What, like, what's, the, what's that? Not I, unless you talk about Reddit. GameStop. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put my pick as that Wall Street bets on it. No, my, my subreddit <laughs> is um my subreddit is called 30 years ago. Um it's essentially it's a it's a subreddit where it's based on showing you articles or or, the, or whatever whatever was on the news from the exact date 30 years ago. So basically right now it's February 1991. So for me, I'm like a 90s kid. So it's great. I'm just like going through my childhood. So I, I'm, I'm getting lots of things about nostalgic reminders of, you know, Reebok pumps and old Simpsons episodes and things like that. So yeah, it's just nice to have on my, on my, uh, on my, on my feed. You know? Man, it's amazing to think the Simpsons have been around that long. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a, I mean, <laughs> I think someone was telling me that, um, I think Kirk Cobain, okay. Like Kirk Cobain died, what, 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. 27 years, ago, 27 years ago now, I think, uh, which is actually the, the age he died. But I think back then, we're, 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 we're the same distance from when Nirvana was big than, than when I think the Beatles were, when Nirvana was, was alive, basically. Um, so the kids basically see Nirvana as what we thought were the Beatles right. when they were big. So. Right now. <laughs> we're, old. we're old. I love it. <laughs> the day I was I born it. was the Beatles' last concert. Yeah. He said, old, okay, Sean's old. here. <laughs> We're done. <laughs> uh, concert in San Francisco, I think, is where their last show was. So, what so about, what you, about Sean? you, Sean? What's your pick? My pick, I'm actually going to give a shout out to, to uh, a place on Feedspot. It's a guy, uh, it's at blog.feedspot.com slash dot net underscore podcasts. He has put together a list of uh, the top dot net podcasts and we made the list, so yeah. I just want to give me, give him a shout out. <laughs> cool, appreciate cool. it. We've made yeah. it. You know, you've made hey. it. When you get on a feed spot, right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you if you can get on the top ten list, even if there aren't ten items on the list, <laughs> you've you've made it. We're, right. we're there, people. <laughs> cool. All right, guys. Thanks for a great show. Thanks, why? Yeah. If our listeners yeah. want to reach out, they can catch a get in touch with me. I'm at Twitter, I am at .NET Superhero. And Caleb, and I you am, are? Yeah, Caleb Wells Codes. Very good, guys. Yeah. Yeah, fun stuff. Yeah. Yep. Thanks cool. a lot. Thanks. We'll catch better. everybody on the next episode of Adventures in .NET. Bye, y'all. Bye. <laughs> Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y.com to learn more.